Hello and welcome to the More About Jesus podcast. This is our second episode. I'm pretty excited about it. My name is Al Martins and I'm once again joined by my cousin, Daniel Dunbar. Hello, everybody. Um, we're just two regular working guys. Well, we're nerds too, so we like nerdy stuff. But we love Jesus even more than we love nerdy stuff. So that's what we're all about. Uh, so how was... I haven't really even talked to you. I just thought of that. I guess we 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 message each other, but we never really had a chat for two weeks. So what have you been doing the last two weeks? Uh, last two weeks have been kind of busy for me. Um, our church has now gone back into full-time uh, every week meetings before we were like every other week so we wanted to make sure that if anything did happen everybody had like a two-week break uh in between so that way if anybody did get sick or contract anything that that um we were you know keeping it sort of distant that way uh but with september rolling around we decided that no this is the perfect opportunity to uh sort of start church back up and running again uh however this time i am the sole worship leader within our church uh so that wow. means every single week i have to have something ready for for worship on sunday and uh that can be a bit daunting and uh yeah even last week i wasn't feeling it and i was ready to quit and as brandy's like my wife was like no you said you were going to do this. We're doing this. So she got a team together. She actually picked all the music and everything else. And yeah, it was, it was actually really good. I've been there I'm, countless times. Like, uh, well, there was one time when it was me and one other person in the church. This was years ago. So it felt like you're always got to be on. But then I, I still remember some really bad Sundays when it was like the last thing I wanted to do. Yeah. But somehow it always works out. I don't know. Sometimes those are the best Sundays too, for some weird reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because uh, we had a practice on Saturday night, so we do set up on Saturday night, and then we practice uh, just just as a rough practice and stuff like that. And then we had a lot of fun with one song because the bass player was playing this really funky groove and just went along with it, and it <laughs> worked. And I was just like, "Yes, this is why we're here, right? This is just that's like, fun when that happens." You know, like we're, that. We're praising, we're praising Jesus and, and just enjoying uh, playing together, right? And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah, I have to admit I missed that. Someday again. Oh, I've been busy too, though. It's harvest day, so I'm in the grain industry. So that means it's busy. And my old body is starting to develop a bit of arthritis. So in my joints, you know, like, uh, so... Some some days I'm pretty sore, but yeah. we're getting there. It's, it's it's a good job. So, <laughs> but this time of year it's a little more demanding. Yeah. So uh, the other thing I was wondering about is nerdy stuff. So we kind of talked a little bit about uh, Warhammer last time, but uh, yeah. what do you even have time for any nerdy stuff right now? Um. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, well, the nerdy stuff I'm into right now is just like recording. <laughs> So yeah, like, that's a legit. Right? Hey, lovely um, nerd. We all we we embrace all the types of nerdiness, even sports nerds, which still I still struggle with somewhat. But it's <laughs> <laughs> like, can jocks be called nerds? Uh, well, I mean, but you have the people that will do like the fantasy football and stuff like that. So that's like D and D for yeah. jocks, right? So yeah, 
So that's that's totally fine. I'll I'll get behind stuff like that. I mean, yeah, my my nerdy stuff is like ever since I started doing like recording and playing around with uh, sounds and stuff on the computer, it's just like I haven't booted up a video game. My studio oh. computer does not even have a video game on it. Like I just like no, it is just a studio computer. Um, wow. Yeah, I tried to play Minecraft again like months ago. And it's just like the grind was just like, no, I don't I don't have time for this. I could, I could be like two hours sitting behind, you know, the, the desk and the DAW and and playing around on a guitar and practicing or recording drums or or anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's that's my nerdy stuff right now is just is just working in the studio and trying to get it to sound as best I possibly can. Well, and COVID's kind of messed up some of the stuff we enjoy too, like with board games and other things like that. You can't really uh, yeah. get together, you yeah. know? Be kind of hard to do oh. that, like over a, a virtual even, right? It's not quite the same. Yeah, I know. I try to, I do have a, a an RPG group that we play online with, which I'm, we're on a bit of a hiatus right now, but, uh, Actually, it's because they're playing a, a, a system I don't really like. And so okay. when they're done with that, then we're going to do another D&D &D campaign. But <laughs> well, D &D right now, so my, only, my only nerdy jam is just Switch games. I've been playing a bit of a new game called Eastward. It's like a pixel game, an old one that just came out. Like It looks like an old pixel game, but it's gorgeous and oh, yeah. new sounds. And yeah, it just was released this week. Oh, nice. It's so good. Nice, but yeah. I only play chill games. I can't do grindy games. I can't do no. like I need a, a bit of time every week just to play a game and not think about stuff. And that's my it's like my therapy. Whereas yeah. some people staying busy is their therapy and stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah, I was I used to play like a lot of racing games and stuff because I was always into cars and racing and stuff. So oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. and. Um, a lot of the reasons why I don't play video games anymore is because about, uh, we'll talk about a little bit about that in my story as well, is that I injured my shoulder about eight years ago and oh, playing video games actually uh, became painful, uh, holding oh, a dang. controller. Cause when I play, I, I get all turtlenecked and crunched down and stiff and, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, and it just, it became too painful to sit there and play. And But then one of my friends uh, that I had uh, while working at Long and McQuaid, he's like, get a Switch, man. He's like, he just has like two, two controllers. He's just like lounging in his in his uh, chair, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, with the, <laughs> with the two controllers. And I'm like, I could probably do that. And then just as I was going to ask, because like um, uh, my youngest son had a Switch, and I was like, oh, can I, you know, I was just going to ask him if I could borrow it. And he sold it that day that I was going to borrow it to try it out. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh, what are the chances? <laughs> yeah, we got three in my house. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, man, I just want to play Mario Kart. That's all I want to play. Cool. Well, let's make this about Jesus, too, still, I guess. So what did, did you learn anything new about Jesus? Um, did you see something? Did you think of something? I'll be honest straight away. I didn't. I was, <laughs> I was just tired. Well, I, I mean, did the my best to try to be nice to people. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing I, uh, the thing that comes to mind to me right away is that, um, 
actually my neighbor just across the alley from me uh was moving uh he and his wife divorced recently he sold the house and uh just was moving like yesterday was his last day in the Ooh. house right and gone and so uh but on sunday um there is an incident with him and his one of his sons uh who came over and he actually wound up having to phone the cops on his son and so he just needed somebody oh, to wow. talk to so yeah i got pretty brutal i mean the son even wound up breaking windows in his house and he's like i just sold the house and now you're breaking the windows <laughs> Right. Wow. And he's just like, that'd be a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, yeah. So as you know, we've, we've known them ever since we moved into this house, like 20 years ago. So they've always been there <laughs> and we've always chatted with them and stuff before and hung out with them. So it's kind of sad to see that whole family dynamic just go, go down the tubes. But I mean, on that day, he just needed somebody to talk to. And that's what I did. I just like, you know, was there for him to sound off against. If you're the person that someone can come to, yeah, that's a Jesus thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and and they've but always. I want to be the guy that people think of when when their life falls apart a bit. Is that I just got to go talk to Al? <laughs> then that that's really. Then you've done more than a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of times it's like you don't have to fix them. They just want somebody oh, to talk no, to. Yeah, they right. wouldn't. They wouldn't uh, confide in you if they thought you were that uh, advice person. Yeah, yeah. Which I used to be, so <laughs> I'm glad I fixed that part of me. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into your story. So uh, we're gonna start. <clears throat> sure. Right <laughs> from when you were born. Where were you born? Right from when I was born. Jeez, I was born. I was actually the second child to be born. No, first to be born in Elkford, second to be born. I don't know. Pretty close anyway. Like an actual... I mean, of all time? Of yeah, all the people yeah. in Elkford? I think, well, no, I think it was... I was born, and since my dad was there um, actually helping with the birth, he was able to then deliver the very first baby in Elkford in an ambulance. Wow. Because <laughs> he just went through like the birthing with me uh, um, like w a week or two before. So, yeah. Dang. So, yeah, I grew up. I was bred, born, and raised in Elkford, BC. Small little mining community. If you look at BC on the map, it's like, you know, you got that little corner that reaches down to Alberta, and we are, bam, right there, right at the very corner. And that's that's where that's where Elkford is in the in the Rocky Mountains, and everybody's like, "Oh, they're so beautiful and they're so majestic." And it's just like, um, after living in Alberta for twenty years, it's like, uh, they're a little claustrophobic now." <laughs> yeah, it's and like, there's bears in your backyard every day. <laughs> Literally, bears in my backyard. Yeah, yeah, we're not exaggerating. Yeah, it's like Elkford. There's bears in your yard. Bears, cougars, deer. Every you know, I can I can remember waking up one morning, coming up because uh, I, I was uh, living in the basement 
at my parents' house and then coming up the back door steps and then there's a deer like boom right there right on the other side of the door because it's eating out of the compost bucket on the other side of the door and it's just like oh morning good morning (laughs) (laughs) welcome good good to see you so help yourself (laughs) yeah and uh so grew up grew up there actually we we moved away from elkford when i was about three uh moved down to the moved down to the coast around the we lived in fort langley langley area for a few years but then wound up back in elkford again um god just moved my parents back there and so yeah we we moved back and so raised you know from grade one on uh in elkford all the way up until grade 12 um and i was a i was a church boy i you know my dad was always part of uh church leadership and church ministry not quite a pk um but my dad did do a lot of speaking he did lead a lot of churches he he was like an interim pastor at times even at for some churches on on top of his job of being a deputy fire chief for the city or town and also head of mine rescue and fire chief for the mine um at the same time so i mean kudos to him like that's that's a tall order but yeah and um so grew up in the church i did grow up in the church uh and it was alliance church for the most part and then See, college happened. I went away to Cranbrook and I took in auto body. Uh, I did that for a year um, because a a friend of mine is like, hey, you like cars? I'm like, yeah. He's like, here's a course. Why don't you check it out? (laughs) I'm like, okay. And so, yeah, not that was like also like one of my first shop classes ever that I ever took. I never really took shop throughout high school or anything and uh, just fell in love with working on cars. because I had also did did a fair stint of uh, radio controlled cars, um, the, like the ones that you build up and stuff like that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was our uh, it was our great Deadly. uncle uh, Ron, Ron and Magda. He got he got me into it. Oh wow! Because he had a hobby store. He used to have a hobby store just out by. Oh yeah, uh, Yarrow, I never right? got to go to his store. I don't think, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, he got he got memory. me. I'd be ordering parts and stuff off of him and buying cars and all the controllers and stuff. And so that was my other, you know, so that's how people knew that I was into cars and doing stuff like that. Um, I always wanted one of those, never got one. <laughs> yeah, that was another really expensive hobby. I, I, I tend to have like expensive hobbies <laughs> and finding. Yeah, anything car related tends <laughs> to be that way. Well, any any of my hobbies really is like even Warhammer was like really super expensive. If anybody if anybody out there knows Warhammer, they know one thing: it's bring your wallet. I mean, it's just yeah. all there is to it. It's just oh. and spend hours painting minis. Spending hours painting, and which I didn't mind. I really didn't. I did not mind painting the minis. Yeah, and then. So after after college, um, I did an internship in Grand Forks and stayed at crashed at your place for a while. Yeah. So and that was you know that's and that was really cool. I uh, spent and the your rest hair of that... was like your hair at that time was like down past your shoulders. It was. I had hair like and it wasn't just like a mullet. It was like all my hair was actually down to where I could actually. Yeah, put it... it was it, it was gorgeous. Yeah. I'm going to say it. Oh, I miss my hair. 
Boy, do I miss my hair. <laughs> Every day. It's like, I have to wear a baseball cap at work now because it's like, oh, I'm going to be videoing. I can't get scratches on my head anymore. It's like, yeah, this isn't all just, you know, due to male pattern baldness. Like a lot of this is due to scar tissue. Hair doesn't <laughs> grow on scar tissue. It's like underneath cars is hot and sharp. It's like yeah. you will scratch your head. You will burn your head. You will. Yeah. So it's like now I got like a nice snap on hat that I stick on and. Oh, there you go. That way, if I bump anything, I'm like, <laughs> okay, no blood. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, so Grand Forks, like, you didn't work with my dad, but you were. No, and that's the thing. The I, ne garage, I never did actually you? did no. a summer at the at the station. Right? I mean, Doug did. Doug did a summer. Doug did summers at the station. Even my. But even... you were at the, there was an auto body shop in town there that you did. A, yeah. Right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, I did, uh, I did my like an internship Practicum at, or whatever yeah i did an internship at one uh grand forks auto buddy i think it was they're gone they're long gone and then there was another yeah it was a practicum for school actually it was like a one month practicum of that one and then i worked at another body shop for like a month and i was just like uh yeah that that wasn't a really good scene and a lot of it was probably just my inexperience uh that 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 didn't work out so i moved back to elkford and um yeah started uh um then one of my other friends had a car a 1970 chevelle and we uh rebuilt that one because i was like hey what's going on with that car he's like oh i want to do the body work on it. and i'm like hey i just got an auto body so uh he fronted do the this. bill for everything and and we built that car i learned how to build engines and transmissions and stuff with him and we did the body work on it and and um made a nice nice little 1970 chevelle and actually i wound up buying it off of him and drove that thing for about three or four years um afterwards and uh, man i love that car i shouldn't have i should not have sold that that's like the one car that i should not have sold out of all the cars i've ever owned because when i did sell it i sold it way too cheap and the price of muscle cars right after i sold it like quadrupled and oh yeah they're I, so i could have gotten way yeah. more money for it afterwards i was just like oh kicking myself for that but i mean so elkford coming back after college the first time and then this is where i met brandy my wife and uh she actually just came back from working at circle square ranch which is a Christian camp. Oh, yeah, I remember them. Yeah. And so she she worked for them for one whole summer and stuff. And then through my friend who was building a car and his girlfriend, uh, was, Brandy was friends with them, right? And so one thing led to another, and I met her, and I'm like, I think I like her. And then we got to talking, and then we got to dating. And it's like, I think I really like her. <laughs> And yeah, so we've been married now for 24 years. Too big a pause. 24 years. I'm going to get in wow, trouble. Wow, coming up on the big one. Hmm, yeah. No, it's not the big one. It's a, it's a semi, I guess 25 is like halfway to the big 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, like 
you know, 20, even over 20 years of marriage. Heck, most people are like, you've been married longer than six years. Like, how did you do it? <laughs> yeah, I hear that lots too. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, well, <laughs> you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, is the only way, right? I mean, so, because like, you know, even talking with her when we, when we were dating and stuff like that, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm a Christian, like flat out, like right from day one, I'm a Christian and I wanted, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay with somebody unless they are interested in God, unless they love God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she, she was a Christian too. And, um, her story, maybe one day we'll do an interview with her, um, is, is really big. Uh, as as far as all that, like all that that happened in the, in her past, right? But mm-hmm. we'll get we'll do that one day. Um, I still remember. So you were living in Kelowna, right? Uh, Nelson, actually. So Nelson, yeah. but your first son was born in Kelowna, right? No, Nelson. He was born. Or was in it Nelson? Nelson? Yeah. Okay, so in... that's where we ran into you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, were could... like literally, like Brandy was literally in labor. And you were in like in Walmart. Yeah, we were walking around because like she was pregnant. Because <laughs> she wanted to speed things along. <laughs> and it was, yeah, she was so pregnant. Yeah, yeah, because we both we both wound yeah. up in Nelson because uh, Brandy was going to go to hair school uh, to become a hairdresser, right? Uh, uh, school school for hairdressing and stuff like that. And I looked at Nelson and I'm like, well, because I was like, I don't want to do a long distance relationship. And I was like working security at the time and pumping gas at the time uh, to just to make ends meet. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So I looked at, I looked at Selkirk college and like, Oh, they have an introduction to automotive mechanics and to mechanics and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm in. So I chased cool. her to school and you know, we, we, yeah, we got married during school. Cause it was just like, you know what? We can't be living in sin and we want to live together. So we need to get married. And there was a lot of family dynamics that was happening um, that was was not good on more on her end. And so we're like, okay, we just picked a date and we just told everybody, it's like, we're getting married this date, be there, be square. Right. Cool. <laughs> and so, and that's what we did. And then 10 months later, along comes, along comes Josiah, our firstborn. And uh, yeah, so... And then a few months after he was born, I lost my job in Nelson. And I was like, oh, great. What do I do now? And I tried to find another job being a mechanic because I, uh, I was an apprentice at the time. And I was like, yeah. oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then so my brother phoned me up and he's like, hey, I'm up here in Edmonton. There's a lot of jobs here right now because this was just before the big boom that happened uh, 20 years ago, 22 years ago. He's yeah. like, why don't yeah. you come on up here? Um, you can live with us while you try to find a place. Right. So we did, we, I mean, used like the last of our money to rent a U-Haul and to pack up and go, sorry about that. So we used like the last of our money to like pack, rent, rent a U-Haul and pack up and move to Edmonton. And that's what we, and that's how we came, how we came to be in Edmonton, right? <clears throat> so we were living with my brother and then I started a job as an apprentice and 
okay. It's like, so, okay, now we've got a job. Let's find a church. So we started going around. It's like, oh, we don't want to do like street ministry or anything like that, right? Because um, Nelson, when we were in Nelson, actually, we attended uh, Kootenai Christian Fellowship uh, Community Church there. And it was a little bit more uh, real, than anything I've ever been in, because like growing up, I was in I was in the uh, uh, like I said the Alliance Church, every once in a while with the Pentecostal Church as well, and you know and like I mean going to Kootenai Christian Fellowship the first Sunday I showed up there I showed up like normal, like suit, tie. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I get in there and I'm like, I am way too overdressed for this. This is like jeans and T-shirt and rock and roll music. And I'm like, I'm in. Right. That's like at first it was just like, this is really weird. And um, yeah, so I mean, and it was amazing growth, amazing spiritual growth that we had there, too. I mean, that's something that happens like when you're when you're within like that whole college mentality. Right. I mean, I think this is where we start finding out who we are as people, right? We're moved away from our mm-hmm. parents. We are on our own. This is how yeah. we find out who we are, right? And so we're in there and you know, and Jim and Doreen Reimer, the pastors there, and they just poured into us and and again be um, you know, I got involved with worship and stuff because I I play the drums and so I'd start going into worship. And got into the uh, playing for that, and it was more like street style ministry. Like it was pretty raw. Like we had people that were still dealing with drug issues and stuff, and that that was us, right? And it was, but that was Jesus. And I mean, you look at what that church is doing now, and it's incredible what they've done in the last twenty years. Like, uh, if anybody looks up like Kootenai Christian Fellowship and what they've what they're doing now, it's um, they have a housing project that they are building right next to their church that they have now where it's affordable oh, housing, cool. right? It's like a four-story building that they're building brand new for affordable housing for people that can't afford it. They have a soup kitchen that runs every single day, right? And it's just like, this is Jesus, right? This is, you know, boots on the ground, like the the kitchen... Yeah, I- the, the I'd head, be there. I'd be there in a heartbeat, to be honest. Yeah, I, the head the head cook um, was somebody who used to have to use the soup kitchen every day, <laughs> and now she's the wow. head cook for the soup kitchen. I'm like, this is God. This is Jesus. This is Jesus transforming lives, right? And that's just like it's amazing what they're doing. It's like that took them like it took like Jim said. It's like 25 years of planning. It's not something yeah. that happens overnight, right? Yeah, it starts with a, a dream and with someone's heart and then it Yeah. Just slugging it out. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like now now that all this is coming coming along and and, and it's all happening, he's set to retire. <laughs> <laughs> so so his dream and his vision is gonna have to be carried on by somebody else. But I mean, and he's totally fine with that, right? And you know, we had we were there just this last summer and had had some really good discussions with them. And still, like like not a huge church that's doing this. Like this is a church of like two three hundred people, maybe, maybe. Uh, Nelson's not. This is Nelson, right? I'm yeah. still talking about. Yeah, it's not that big. No. So, but so, but I mean, but you look at right. 
I, I see mega churches around here that aren't doing that. Right. Oh, exactly. Building housing projects for, for people who can't afford normal housing. Like how awesome is that? Right. That's just, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So when we moved to Edmonton, we're like, mm, maybe not something so street. Maybe we'll, you know, cause we're going to have kids. Maybe we'll find something a little more family oriented. And we went to my brother's church for a while and yeah, it was okay, but it just, it wasn't us. Like we didn't feel like it was us. Like it was not where, where God was calling us, I guess you would say, right. To use Christianese talk that I, that, that I hate, but it just, it didn't feel right. Right. Yeah, and, no, that's legit. And it's not like they were doing anything wrong or anything like that. It's just like, it didn't fit. It's like the puzzle piece didn't fit completely. Right. So mm-hmm. we, we shopped around some other churches and stuff like that. And then we're like, oh, well, there's this, there's this vineyard church that's not that far from our house. Like, why don't we go check them out? And then we walked in there and, and the pastor at the tar- time, Mark Tavener is like, oh, hey, who are you guys? And, you know, it's like, oh, we're, you know, just moved here recently to Edmonton and we're looking for a home church. And he's like, well, you found it. And sure, <laughs> sure enough, 20 years later, I'm still there. And um, yeah, it was like, and I guess it was like within the first year of that church actually being founded that we, that we went to it. So, I mean, the church is like maybe a year older than we've been there at that church. Wow. So and it, are you still meeting in a in a, like not your own facility or are you? Yeah. So our church, <clears throat> we started off in in um, uh, a community center first, right? So the the Vineyard Church doesn't like to own its own building, like as far as Vineyard Canada, we don't like to own our own building uh, because the resources that are tied up into your shirt, into your mortgage, into your utilities and all that can be best utilized for other people, right? Mm -hmm. Not for the church building, but for the church body, right? That's, that's what the, that's what the monies can be utilized for. And contrary to popular belief, churches do have to pay taxes. Like the church, like the, the staff members do have to pay taxes. And since they are a, a, um, oh, what's that non-for-profit organization, you have to be very, very open with your books. Anybody can ask for your books at any time. So if anybody's asking for church, church's records, financial records, they have to give it. They are a nonprofit organization. So just laying that out there, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, churches should pay taxes and stuff. It's like, they do. Trust me, they do. (laughs) I've been in the meetings. They do. Um, so yeah, we've, we've been there. Uh, and then we moved, we did do move to like a building that we were renting. That was only us in there. Uh, it was on the second floor and it was fine for a while, but, um, the pastor that we had then left and we started off when we found another pastor and that took us about a year. That took us about a year and a half. And we were at the point because, and now here's the Jesus thing on this. The church leadership at the time was like, we want the new pastor to do this, 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 and this. And I, and, and I looked at their list and I'm like, until we let go of that list, we're never going to find a pastor. Right. Our preconceived notions are just, are just wrong. We have to, we have to, have to, have to follow God on this. Right. 
And it was. It wasn't until we were at our our rope's end and we're like, do we close it? Do we go another year? Because this was like in like December. And we're like, do we just shut down shut down the church? And because like we had we had a congregation of about maybe 80 people or so. Like we started off with a congregation of about two to three hundred. And the pastor left, we dwindled down to about maybe 80 people. Um and uh, and that's when our, we met our, our, our pastors that we have now. They came in and as soon as, as we were having, like we, we invited them to a coffee at a Starbucks and it's like with the leadership and stuff. And so we we're like, as soon as they walked in, Brandy and I both looked at them and we instantly knew this is our pastor. That's cool. Right. And that, that's, that's like Jesus right there. It's just like, this is him. And so, and then with him, We've actually, he actually found another building and it's a youth drop-in center. And so now that's where we meet. Mm. So yeah, he's um, also the counselor on Wednesdays, like a family counselor for for the people that that use the center as well. So he gets to hear all like in, and this is on 118th Avenue in Edmonton, which if anybody knows Edmonton, this is not the ritzy place. This is the hood, right? And there is a lot of uh, a lot of indigenous people in that area. A lot of homeless people in that area. There is uh, not a lot of fam- not a lot of healthy families. Let's put it that way. In that area, huh. so um, yeah, working with these kids and stuff is like this is the mission of the church. This should be the mission of our church. And I've been I've been pushing that for like a long time. It's like we should be reaching out to these kids more. I mean, and now our church is finally coming around to that, right? That we should be outreaching more to these kids. We're right there. We have the building. We're in the building. We're you know, yeah. Wayne's got connections with them, and it's like maybe we should be doing this. Like this should be our outreach, right? This should be, you know. Yeah, I like that. I. I... Being, being the church in a place rather than having a place somewhere on the outskirts of town where you, you know, have people coming to it. Like, uh, yeah, would you please come to our facility and be a part of our program? And, and I like injecting a, the church into the community. That's great. Yeah, and that's, that's that really was sort cool. of like the vineyard model, right? Was that, is like, we need to be part of the community, not the community coming out to us. Hmm. Right, so... That's, yeah. And then, so I, for, throughout most of that, I was working as a mechanic. Um, I went to go work for another shop that was, that was professing Christian values. And we started off with that. I was helping build up the shop and then money and greed took over and we started butting heads pretty hard. And, um, in the, in that time frame as well, I also injured my arm. I actually wound up with a pretty bad tennis elbow injury, which then favoring that arm, I wound up with, um, uh, tendonitis in one of my shoulders at the same time. So as, as a mechanic, this is like, this is detrimental because this is like, I I couldn't lift things properly. So I was having to go see a chiropractor, uh, twice a week just to even be able to move around and try to try to heal from this. Right. I had a cortisone shot in one of my shoulders, uh, that was Mm -hmm. giving me all the troubles even and as just this and and then we were just butting heads 
um, pretty hard at the same time. Um, so one thing led to another and, and I left, um, I left that shop and it wasn't, wasn't great. I lost a friend over it and, uh, feel bad for that. Right. Cause he was, he was a friend that, that I had before and, and a friend in church and, and that relationship got severely damaged because of it. Um, that's too bad. Yeah. And then, uh, so I was pretty emotionally beat up from that as well and then um at the same time so i started another job with another awesome mechanic but his his um level of expectancy was was higher than somewhat i could meet right and i was i was learning a lot and he's an amazing mechanic and stuff but it's just like i you know it was just it got into my head because it was that was the first shop i worked flat rate as well and for anybody who doesn't know, flat rate means that when you're doing a sh when you're doing a job, it says it takes you four hours. If you do it in four hours, you're breaking even. If you do it in three hours, you get paid for four. If you do it in six hours, you get paid for four. So that was messing with my head and and my work ethic and my work quality. And yeah, that would I think. Yeah, and I I couldn't hack it, and so I wasn't feeling good enough there. And at the same time, I was butting heads with with another worship leader um, at our at our church, and to the point that uh, I felt like I wasn't good enough at church. I wasn't a good enough worship leader um, either, and so I just like full stop on everything. So I lost my I lost my job at at the mechanic shop, and I stepped down as as worship leader, like completely full stop on my life. Really, and it took me about four months of unemployment um, before uh, I tried some other things. I didn't want to go back to mechanicing. I mean, that's how damaged I was, that uh, I did not want to pull wrenches anymore, And which up until that point had been about 20 years of my life. Uh, I did wow. not want to work on cars, right? And so I went to go work in a music store. <laughs> And I did that for two years and I loved it, but they just don't pay anything. I mean, they pay just over the minimum wage and... Retail is brutal for re that. Retail yeah. is brutal. But you know what? I recommend anybody to work retail at least for like a year of their life and they will understand people a lot better. Like you will understand and you will understand finances a lot better when you have to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. I worked in a restaurant for my early years, so... Yeah. That no cook ever makes that much money. They're always scraping to yeah. pay their bills. Oh, exactly, right? And I was just like, we were not doing great financially, right? At the same time, we had like, my daughter was in school. My son had moved back home because he was having uh, troubles financially as well. I mean, uh, it was just not great scene to do that in, right? Go work in a music store. If you're going to work in a music store, do it when you're young, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not when you're 40 something years old and everybody's thinking that you're having a midlife crisis and quite frankly i just needed i just needed to reset my life as it was what yeah it was. no that that really happens to people and it i think sometimes we just don't see it happening or people are too shy to talk about it but yeah i think a lot of men go through this stuff where they just wake up one day and they're doing a thing for whatever yeah. decades it's like, is this really all I am? 
is this what I am? I'm yeah. the guy who goes to work, makes this money, and deals with really annoying relationships and whatever just to make money, just to die one day. Oh, exactly right. It's, it's not like... a crisis. It's 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 like a like I like what you said. Reset. Like it's like okay, let's just stop a bit. Let's think about this. Yeah. Is this what I'm doing the rest of my life? Uh, yeah. It's not easy though. It's like. I hear you saying that it can be a real struggle, and I I think a lot of people can identify with that. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, hats off to any any retail workers out there. I mean, you guys got a tough job. I mean, especially nowadays with the way things are and stuff, it's just it sucks. Um, <laughs> and you had to do extra things, right? And for most of the people that worked at the music store, that was gigs. But then. 2020 came around and gigs all dried up. You weren't allowed to do gigs. Yeah, no gigs. No yeah. gigs. And so that stopped. And so I, even everybody within the music store is like their extra income of like two to $3,000 extra a month that they're making from gigs gone, right? And you're having to scrape by on just what you have, right? And so that was tough and it was stressful. Um, Selling all your guitars. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it ends up being. <laughs> well, for some people, yeah. I mean, but to be honest, in the in 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 the music in, in the music store, we were we were selling more guitars during during 2020 than ever before. Yeah. We couldn't keep them yeah, on the shelf. People are stuck at home. They just want now is when I can learn. Yeah, right. Everybody was like, now I can finally do this. And like for recording gear and stuff, which is what I was really into. Um, everybody's like, I'm doing zoom calls. I want to have like really amazing audio and I want to do this, or I want to do home recording and stuff. And I was like, ah, this is, this is what I like to do because you know, this is, that's my hobby. Right. And so, yeah, I just really nerd, nerded and geeked out and, and over microphones and interfaces and everything else as I, you know, you know, my, my mic locker here is actually pretty big. And I've bought quite a few and spent, again, a lot of money. Like, um, yeah, like even what I'm talking through is like one of these guys right here right now. So, yeah, I bought two of these because, and they're like 500 or $800 each or something like that. And it's just like, Yikes. yeah, I bought two so I can have a stereo pair <laughs> <laughs> for overheads on the drums. You know, as that was my reasoning is like, oh, so when I record drums, I have some really nice drum sounds. And yeah, because I it's geek legit. out over stuff like that. So and tweak drums and play and hey, some guys buy motorbikes. Oh, right. And when or cars, I had, right? That's still cheaper. Yeah, yeah. When I had like little plastic army man, it was just like that was like a few thousand dollars right there, just in plastic <laughs> army man that I would paint up and push around on a battlefield and roll dice and and watch yeah. my dice fail me every single time <laughs> yeah when it mattered the most <laughs> it's like okay yeah two plus armor saves look at all those ones uh, uh, <laughs> i'll take them all off the table uh, <laughs> every time yeah but you know and then i started and then started watching the chosen mm -hmm. right and i was wrecked i mean quite literally wrecked by this show it is it wrecked me it made jesus real it really did it made it more human 
than anything. Yeah, else. on the surface, those words sound weird, but I t- completely understand what you mean. Yeah, about making Jesus real. Like yeah. I've always known he's real in my head, and have had a personal relationship with him. But that the way he's depicted in that show is just like uh, that. Yes, this is the. I believe this Jesus is very close to what the the one on earth was like yeah it, it humanized I mean, I have no basis for that. Him. it's just a feeling it's a feeling there's no yeah. literal proof or whatever but yeah i mean it they made it makes sense it did it, it fits somehow it totally did and you know as and in one of the episodes he's like you know you should just do what i've asked you to do Right is is was was the gist of of I I can't remember which episode it was. It's like just do what I've I've called you to do, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I was also I've also been listening to the Unashamed podcast with Phil Robertson, Phil, Jason, Al Robertson, um, the Duck Dynasty guys. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you got a nice big beard. I haven't beard. listened to that. You'd like them. I should. Yeah, and yeah, and I, they, and the time I watched that show. Yeah, and their their podcast that they have is all about Jesus. That's all they talk about. And and one of their episodes, you know, Jace was just like, you know what, you're just supposed to stay in your lane, right? This is what God asked you to do, just stay in your lane. And then my wife was te- was reminding me that um, a visiting pastor, when I was leading worship one time, he was like, wow, Dan's really good at that. He should just stay doing that, just leading worship, all right? So I gingerly stepped back into a worship leading role and at the same time i was like i was made to be a mechanic and so i've i've since stepped back into being a mechanic again and actually enjoy working on cars again and uh and my body's keeping up like that two-year break really helps and my chiropractor really helps which i haven't seen him for a while i'd actually need to go see him (laughs) uh to get sorted out again but and really um as far as aches and pains go omegas like omega uh i take like omega-3 pills and and it helps lubricate the joints and man i can't i can't work without it Um, okay now i gotta look into that because my arthritis has been bugging me yeah like i have to take one leave every day and i take two omega-3s every day like it's just fish oils Right, and this, and it's, and it's meant to help your joints. Welcome to the Creaky Old Man podcast. <laughs> it's like, yeah, We're so you know you're all over your forty. Needs, yeah, <laughs> especially oh, starting to you know approach the the fifty mark, right? Yeah. And so it's like, ooh, it's like I'm yeah, and doing very physical stuff that that we do, right? Yeah, I did a bunch of shoveling this week and. Being outside and well, yeah. yeah. My my smartwatch says ten thousand steps a day, so I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I could do this all winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, and that's no, that's good though. It sounds like you're finding your way back to a thing that's yeah, um, uh, somewhat healing. I know that there's ups and downs in life, and once you've lived long enough, you have you know times when it feels like everything's connecting. And then there's times it feels like it's all going to shit, to be honest. And it's just yeah. like, what, what is going on? Yeah. And it's in those times we grow the most and we seek God and he shows up and yeah. we learn lots, but it, it's never easy. 
it's never easy. Yeah. You can uh, feel uh, so lost and alone. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it was like getting close to Christmas of 2020. Our church hadn't been meeting. All we've been doing is just like live streaming on Facebook, like Facebook Live. Our pastor was teaching. Yeah. No live worship was happening. And so it was like really draining. And it, Brandy and myself were both just like crushed. And so we were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to just take the platform because I was an admin on our church website for the Facebook Live. And I was like, we're just going to start singing Christmas carols. Like we're going to go into the studio. We're going to set up a camera. We'll set up a phone, whatever we have. Um, I've got all the gear and we'll just start doing Christmas carols live onto our Facebook, onto our Facebook group for our church and stuff like that. And it was so healing for Brandy and myself just to be able to enter back into worship right together and, and share that with our church family again. Right. Mm. And that was, that was so incredibly, incredibly healing for the both of us. And that's what led us back into being worship leaders again at our church. Um, that is cool. Is just is just that fact, right? And and I know it's another Christmas miracle. That's and, what it, that and it was a Christmas miracle, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> it was a Christmas miracle, and and you know because Brandy and I were just like we were we were really low. I mean, throughout twenty twenty, like we couldn't see our friends, we couldn't hang out, and and. And something yeah. we'll talk about one day is like, you know, the fact that we really didn't want to keep anybody around or had anybody over is because like Brandy's immune compromised, right? Yeah. And so it was like kind of scary because, I mean, she's a heart transplant patient and it's like, you know, everybody was like, this thing will kill you. This thing will flat out kill you. And so there was that fear that everybody was, and so we didn't want to have anybody over and that was just, it was wrecking us, like really, really wrecking us as far as like being able to gather with people and having people over and stuff. And, and so like get, getting back together, even virtually worshiping and stuff. And then our church is like, we're going to do Zoom. Like our, I think our church is probably like the last church that was like fighting doing <laughs> Zoom meetings, you know, because we didn't start until like 2021, like the beginning of this year. Right. And that's late, late, late to the game. And so we started doing live worship out of, out of the garage, like just Brandy and myself, um, until finally we could start doing it at the church again. Right. So. Hmm. Yeah. Every, so many stories will come out of this last couple of years, eh? Yeah. How churches face this time. Yeah. I know. And I, I left church, like I shared that last time, but, uh, before the COVID even. So I was already in a thing. Like I, I, if it wasn't for Love Lake Nerd, I would have been, I don't know, I would have despaired so much because yeah. I had a community. But I still, there's something about uh, being together in a building and stuff that that can't be replaced. Yeah. Uh, seeing each other's faces and smiling and singing together. I still miss some of those moments and hope to have it someday in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And two years, heck, that's a long time to not meet. Yeah. When you're used to meeting. Oh, and especially when you're meeting, like, yeah, you're meeting every week and then sometimes on the week, day two, right? Yeah. Because the church, the church wasn't just the two hours on Sunday, right? It was, you yeah. have people over on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Throughout the week, you would, you would connect with people. 
Yeah. Right. And then that was like, you know, forbidden <laughs> kind of stuff. Right. And, yeah. You know, so, so, you know, that was, that was just damaging, really damaging to people and to us. Right. That we couldn't, we, we, we couldn't do that anymore. And so you were talking about the chosen and how that wrecked you. Like what, what part did that play in wanting to even do this podcast at all? Is that, was that a part of it? Oh, uh, that was because I mean, Jesus became more real and it's like more people should know, right? How, how do I go about sharing Jesus? How do I do that? Right. I have a hard Ooh. time talking to people. I have a hard time because I'm a, I'm an introvert. And even though I do very extroverted things, I am an introvert and I know that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, when we were doing like church on Zoom, I could do it. Like I could nail it because it's just like, it's just me and a camera. That's easy for me. Right. Or it's just like when you're looking at the Zoom meeting, there's like maybe four or five faces, other faces in front of you. Right. Yeah. And, you don't see them all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And so like watching the chosen and stuff, though, is just like Jesus is real. Jesus was real. Right. It's it's like this is the human Jesus. This is the Jesus that I want to follow. Right. The Jesus that would joke with his disciples. And yeah. And, you know, and just, just even like, just how he would look at somebody and know. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. And I'd be sitting there and I'd be watching it. Right. And then the very first time, sorry, my camera times out every 25 minutes. <laughs> and then the very first time that Mary, like episode one at the very end, and he just calls Mary's name and he looks at her. And that's when she is healed is when she is actually called by name. Yeah. And I'm just like, up until that point, I was fine in the episode because I was like, uh, sure, I'll watch this show, this Christian show and see what it's about and stuff like that. And then that hit. And I lost it. Like, I just, yeah, like, I, I somebody like was cutting baby. onions hard. <laughs> yeah. And I was like that laying in bed, so deeply, yeah. laying in bed, looking at my phone and I'm like watching this and I'm like, I'm bawling. I am sobbing. I am like, my body is being racked. Oof. Right. And just <laughs> wrecked. And my wife is laying there next to me and she's like, what the heck are you watching? She's like, I can feel God's presence in the room. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, I see. I, I believe in that. I believe in a God that's come to, and that's the thing. Like, sure, you're watching a show. Yeah. There's a depiction of this Jesus changing this woman's life forever, yeah. like completely transforming it. And yet you are having that happen to you while you watch it because we believe in a real Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and how God can change people's lives. Yeah. In those moments, not just in a service, not just 
I mean, it's it's that intimate kind of thing that can really happen. That's so exciting. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's what started me thinking. And that's just like months ago, right? Because hmm. that was February. It's not that long ago. It's made you want more. Exactly, right? And so I dig in. Moments. I dig in more. And that's something I've never done before in my life. Hmm. Right? And it's, it really has. It's really, it's really brought me closer um, to trying to understand who Jesus is and then wanting to share that with people. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, we, I mean, you have this awesome, amazing thing. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you yeah. want other people to have it? Right. And it's learning too, that it's not just the preaching, like Jesus did come to preach, but he, he also interacted with people and touched them and reached yep. out to them in ways that we need to do. Like, and you've seen that, like you shared about the church in Nelson, like, so that's been a part of your Christianity. It's always it's like, it's coming together now. Like this is me being Jesus. Yeah. Cause I'm the hands and feet of Jesus. So I have to love like him and move like him and think like him. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems so simple once you get it, but then you wonder why you didn't get it for so many years. <laughs> I was like, how come I was such a fool for 40 plus years before? Right. Oh, when you know better, you do better. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, when you change the way you think, the scripture mm-hmm. that you have, right? Not the transforming of your mind or changing the way that you think. And that was it. Yeah. Or even just being a, a lot realized that you can't be right about everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some things you can learn along the way. Oh, yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm realizing that as like, you know, the older, the older that I get, the less I know. Yeah, no kidding, eh? <laughs> it's like when I was 20-something, I knew it all. I'm Holy. 45, 46. Uh, I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, I just get up every day and amble out. Here I am, world. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. So, how much more do you got to say? Um... Well, I know I can go on for quite a bit longer, but I think we'll wrap it up there. Leave people wanting more. I mean, I've got story upon story upon story about our lives. And it would take way too long. Way too I long. I think that's a good start, though, to get people to know you. And some of it was stuff I've missed over the years, too. So, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole story arc with Brandy and our family and her heart transplant and everything that we walk through and how Jesus was going through all that. Right. Yeah. Brandy gets her own series. Right. <laughs> I've already, I've already said that. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to do an interview with her one day and just be like, we're yeah. going to have to sit down and do this. Cause she gets her own like eight limited edition, eight, eight issue uh, comic series. Yeah. Yeah. And that, cause that was, that was such a huge thing in our lives and other people's lives. We were blown away by how many other people knew. Yeah. Right. Like, like, okay. One quick story was, uh, she was in the recovery room after her transplant. There was this woman who was in the recovery room next to her, like it's sharing the same room. And this woman was kind of abrasive. My wife would say, especially since my wife was on prednisone and stuff like that. It was just, 
it was a little abrasive for her at the time because like prednisone is sort of like steroids so she was like the incredible hulk hulked out <laughs> all the time and angry time. and and this woman was like well what's your name and she's like brandy and she's like wait a second i think my church has been praying for you huh. right Somebody we don't even know. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Just wanted to be in the bed next to her. And Brandy is just like, I wanted to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> and so it's just like, oh, how come other churches know about this? It's like, we didn't think it was that far reaching, but it was. That Spreads uh, around. Yeah. And it was just like, That's God. That's Jesus. Right. That's cool. So, yeah. We'll have to do an interview. Well, I help. think you did good. I think you did good. Oh, yeah. I, I admire you. Always have. And thanks for being honest and sharing some stuff. And I think it's cool. We'll, we'll get to know each other more and our listeners will get to know us more. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's skip that the, the, the Jesus out of context segment. If you want to know about that, you're going to have to get on our Discord. Absolutely. So that's before we before we sign off. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, you want to just get to know us a little better or chat with us, uh, there's some ways to do that. Uh, one small way is on Twitter. So at moreaboutjesus3. Also, you could email us moreaboutjesus21 at gmail.com. All these links you'll find in other places too. Uh, but mostly we want you to check out the Discord server if that's something you can learn. It You can have the app on your phone if you don't have it. You can use it on your laptop or your PC. Discord, it's real easy to learn to use. And it's an awesome place to connect with people. We have all kinds of resources and links there. It's just the More About Jesus podcast. And I'll put links. There's links on the YouTube and there's links everywhere else. Uh, so if you're just listening to this as a podcast, there are YouTube videos. So check us out on YouTube and there's links there as well. You can follow me, Al, on Twitter at alanon 68 and Daniel is at Danny Boy Dunbar. But we're not too heavy into Twitter, but all it's these there. things are out there for you. Uh, so we want you to be a part of this conversation. And, and as we go from here, we're going to eventually do some more uh, interviews with people maybe we're gonna do uh, more pointed topics about Jesus and stuff like that so we will want you to be a part of that discussion absolutely this isn't just or, this isn't just a community sure. of two we want this to be a community yeah no we want this to grow for sure yes for sure so if you're like us and you want to know more about Jesus and uh, understand more what it means to be like Jesus and to live the way Jesus expects us, this is the, the place for you. Uh, we're not going to use a lot of big words, a lot of theological speak or churchiness. We're just regular guys uh, working it out um, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I believe. So that's where we'll end it. Until next time, let's all do what we can to be more like Jesus. Amen. <laughs>